When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and I'm at Munson Brothers Trading Post in Columbus, Mississippi. And I got my friend Jared Kenny on here with me. He has a podcast of his own. Uh, he'll give us a little brief overview on that. But uh, just for starters, man, how you doing? How's the weekend? It was good, man. Just, uh, you know, went to the brewery on Saturday night, breakfast Sunday morning, you know, nice, relaxed, chillaxing weekend. So that was good. Appreciate you having me on. Um it's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I host the uh, the Cornerman MMA podcast. Um, we try to just um, go over the the stuff that happened over the weekend, like any you know fights that happened on Saturday, pay per view, or uh, the the or subscription based ESPN Plus um, event that happened on the weekend. So, like beginning of the week, do an overview of that talk about we'll do a seg I'll do a segment called the whiteboard so it'll be like um oh you know fighter a fighter b fighter a1 this is how i see his career lining up like oh this is a good matchup this is a good matchup for him um and then same thing with fighter b if fighter b lost then it's like okay well he he's good against this guy because he's also coming off a loss or you know this up and comer or something like that um so we'll do that um and then try to record a second episode uh, at the end of the week uh, try to like do like Wednesday, Thursday, release it, um, Thursday, Friday. Um, we'll do like, uh, betting lines. That's big. Do, uh, stuff that I like, uh, who I'll pick either money line over under rounds or finishing stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then just give our thoughts or predictions heading into the weekend. Yeah. And, uh, just in the past, I mean, you had a, a fellow Bostonian on that some people who are fans of the MMA world may, uh, recognize who was that? Oh cat? yeah. Oh yeah, we had uh, John Anik on the podcast. That was fun. Uh, we chopped it up with him for a bit. Um, had to shot my shot on Twitter, um, and you know, like Michael Scott says, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. You know, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. So that's right. Um, I just tweeted him saying, "Hey, you know, I'm doing this thing." Uh, fellow Bostonian mentioned that I was in the military, and um, he shot me a DM, got that set up. So that was awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, and just with like the money line and betting lines and all that, I think that's a lot of great insight for people who uh, who are just getting into MMA just because now you can bet on it with online betting becoming a very uh, popular thing here in the States. Or oh, yeah. Even, even global. Yeah. Or even if like, uh, I mean, if people don't, if, if people don't understand betting or stuff like that, um, it's always, it makes it, for me, it makes it more like um, invested. So like, um, especially like football or just, you know, any name, name your sport. Um, obviously you root for your teams or, you know, 
Uh, I know down here sometimes it's like favorite player or whatnot. Um, but like, you know, if the Sunday night football game's on a Monday night game, you know, you're not really invested, but what else is on TV? So you're like, oh, let me throw like, you know, 20 bucks on, uh, you know, the Titans to cover minus four or another team to cover plus four or, you know, vice versa. Over, under, same thing. Oh, yeah. Same thing with NFL. It's like, just take the Super Bowl. Is like, I was a, I like Stafford and I like Burrow, but if you asked me if I was going to put money down, I was going to take the Rams. Right. Uh, it was an uh, offensive line for the Bengals. Ain't really been anything to ride home about all year. It was kind of a mystery why they were there to me. Uh, yeah. And the Rams have a great defensive front. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they, they have more uh, personality, not personalities, but just like individual players that are just, you know, head and, head and shoulders better than obviously the Bengals, but uh, they came together and pulled it out. I was really rooting for Joe Burrow because I like him. Yeah. He was, he was electric in college. He was one of my fo- favorite college football players to watch, so I was rooting for him, hoping the Bengals could pull it out for Harambe, you know? <laughs> That's just it. Uh, and just, like, during the game, like, it was these videos that were uh, really going viral on Twitter. It was, like, Joe, like, throughout the game, just introducing himself to the Rams. Hey, oh, I'm yeah, jo- yeah, yeah. Hey, I've I'm, seen those. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, hey, I'm Joe. And he's like, yeah, I've been following your career, man. It's good to see you here. Yeah. <laughs> in the fucking Super Bowl. It's Yeah, that was funny. It's like everybody knows who you are, Joe. You ain't gonna worry about that no more. Yeah, Heisman Trophy winner and you know national champion. He caught a little swag uh, from Cam Newton. He came in uh, swagalicious for the for the Super Bowl. Yeah, he was. He had the <laughs> Dior ones on. Crazy, the suit. <laughs> that was sick. I said, just while we're there with the Super Bowl, is uh, man, I I thought like years gone by. This is probably one of the the best halftime shows that we've had. Uh, just for uh, you know for our age group. And also, mm-hmm. you think, well, last year wasn't awful. It was with the weekend. But, like, you hop on Twitter the following day, and it's Meme City. Him oh, my God, the... yeah. And so, like, <laughs> Meme City with this one, too. But the thing about it is, like, okay, this is one for those kids from the 80s and 90s, man. You got to let them have it. Yep. Uh, Do- Dr. Dre is not just a guy who sells headphones. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Snoop Dogg, is, uh, he did smoke right before going up on stage, but that's not all he is. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. believe he sea walked. I was like, I've never seen this on television. Oh yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had him, uh, Fifty Cent, Kendrick. Kendrick Lamar was good. I think that, that kind of more of the younger, kids, the younger. Yeah, more of the younger. Like, I don't know, kids that are younger than me by like five, six years. Uh, they probably didn't grow up listening to like you know Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Fifty. Um, so, and even I mean, Mary J. Blige did her thing. Um, That's right. But yeah, it was definitely it was definitely one of the best halftime performances and it kind of sucked because usually they only get 12 15 minutes and if it's a solo act they can do all their big hits and um so it must have been really tough for them to like you know 15 minutes what divided by what five so pick you can only your really, best you can re- verse yeah literally that's that's it it's like pick two or three verses to do so yeah it was fun to watch absolutely and i think like it was one of the best one of the best halftime shows that i remember you know like Okay, we had Janet Jackson slip something on TV, and then, uh, I mean, just looking over the history of the halftime shows, and even the commercials for uh, the Super Bowl this year was kind of geared that way. You had that old school like Soprano commercial. Yeah, that uh, was yeah, I love that commercial, the Chevy uh, Silverado commercial. That was awesome. You had a lot of a lot of throwbacks, and a lot of people were like, "Well, they weren't really funny this year," and I was like, "I don't think they were trying to be. I think they were trying." Yeah, to they be were nostalgic. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, which was, you know, it wasn't like the traditional like Bud Wazer with the frogs and all that, but right. Hey, I, I think that uh, I think that right there is a sign of like any time, especially with the NFL. I think uh, with all like NBA or MLB is like the NFL really has to be careful because like their face right now is they don't really have a good rapport. Uh, if you go back to the Colin Kaepernick thing, I mean that that really hurt them culturally, and so I thought mm-hmm. it was it was fairly brave of them to try to do something like this, this season. Yeah. Well, I also think that's like, uh, Jay-Z obviously has a lot to do with that. I don't know if you know, but he, he was brought on by, uh, by the NFL. I forget what his exact position is, but, um, he, he definitely had a big influence on, on this Super Bowl. Like obviously the halftime performance. And, um, I was listening to, are you familiar with Sway, um, on Sirius XM? Yes. Um, I, I was listening to him briefly during lunch one day, um, and they were just talking about change, this and that. And they were, they were, they were basically saying how, um, you know, only so much change can happen from the outside working in. And they were like, Jay-Z just got in there maybe three, four years ago. Like you got to give him some time. Obviously he's going to make some change from within. So, um, I think it was, it was a great, great halftime performance. And I don't remember, um, they were saying it for the Atlanta Super Bowl. um, you know, when the Patriots obviously had that. No, 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 that wasn't the amazing comeback. That was just the Rams. I'm sorry. Disregard. Um, when we played the Rams, I'm a Patriots fan if people didn't uh, catch that. But um, when we played the Rams, the Super Bowl was in Atlanta. Um, and I don't remember who the halftime performance was. Oh, no. Was that the Travis Scott in the. Uh, yeah, that was tra- Travis Scott yeah, like, yeah. briefly came on. Who else? Who headlined that? Oh, gosh. That was like three or four seasons ago. Oh. Uh... Going to pull out the Google box for that one. Yeah. Um, but basically, we're just saying. People and stuff are saying like um, Atlanta is like one of the biggest. If you know, if it's not LA, New York, Atlanta is like number three in the biggest. Uh, cities in America for uh, hip hop. Um, That's right. You know, you have Outkast from there, Ludacris, uh, just these big names. Even you can go old school or you can go new school. Like uh, what's his name, Amigos uh, or uh, Twenty One Twenty One Savage and stuff like that. So I think Twenty One Savage is. Well, I mean, he's really British, but grew up in Atlanta. Whatever. Anyway, um, that could have been really cool. But you know, that was like what four years ago. So I think that was right before Jay Z uh, announced the you know the whole yeah. integration thing. And that's kind of like a, a, a true reference to uh, – I don't know how big of a fan of college football you are, but anytime you get a new college coach in, it's like if he gets two, three seasons there, that's pretty much, oh, this is as much as we're going to let him have. And it's like, well, you didn't really give him time to get his staff in. You didn't let him time to get his recruits, and everybody's wondering. It's like, well, it just ain't working out. And it's like you can't just make it work. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, no. It, I mean, that. I think that, that gets uh... – um, that's the case in most situations, like even presidencies, like, uh, that podcast, uh, I listened to today with Joe Rogan, I forget what the other guy's name was, uh, but they're basically saying like the, the biggest change you really see, like that they can make is in the last two years, if that, so mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's really not enough time and they do it what four years. So yeah, yeah no, it's not, it's, not it's just time like to make some real change. Yeah, and it's just a hot button issue for a good us versus them argument. That's all it is. It's like you really, what are we doing? You know, it's, it's kind of yeah, stupid. Yeah, no. I mean, no, no, 
don't get me don't get me wrong. Sometimes the memes are just hilarious, but I mean that's that should be as far as it goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> live for <All> right. those memes. <laughs> well, just uh, just meme world just for a second, as I wanted to spend a little time with uh, Kanye uh, since his uh, <laughs> since his divorce. Uh, he has been just one of my favorite following on uh, Instagram. And what's crazy is. This is not anything new for him. Anytime he gets ready to drop a new album or if he's been in production on somebody uh, working on their album, is he knows how to create this David versus Goliath thing for him. And right now it's him versus Pete Davidson. And it's like, <laughs> skeet. Yeah, look, yeah, skeet. That's right. Look at this. Dickhead. Look at this dickhead. He's got a Hillary Clinton tattoo. And then you have someone like Judd Apatow, you know, who's in journalism and writes up in favor of Pete is like, and then here comes Kanye, snap, snapshotting that, and he's like, "This is what happens when you don't have a Hillary Clinton tattoo, really." <laughs> it just, it's like, and it's he's so he's so funny, and it is. I think he's a very manic person. Like mm-hmm. I could see him like going two, three days without sleeping and just getting really hung up on something. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I also think it's like a perfectionist standpoint too, like uh, with his Lady Donda release. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to it, but mm-hmm. um, or if you recall, they streamed it on uh, Apple Music or Apple TV or whatever. Um, and I think they did two shows um, like on the Apple TV event, um, two or three, I forget. But on one of them, um, definitely don't have it on my phone, that version of the album. Um, but I just remember, um, you know how it sounded a certain way, but then, uh, the second time it chopped it up a little bit and was a little different. And then the one that actually released is drastically different, like night and day. Um, yeah. I'm not going to fuck around. Yeah, I do. I do have the first version on my phone. Someone recorded it on Apple TV and I downloaded it via <laughs> Google inbox <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. but yeah, so like you can, you know, play, you know, song back to back and just how drastically it changed. Um, and since, you know, people were, that was another meme thing too. Like people were waiting so long for, uh, for him to drop the album, but I think he's a perfectionist. Um, and just wanted to get everything right. Kind of like Dr. Dre with the detox album. Absolutely. Shame we're not going to get it. Yeah. But you know, I think back like when Kanye was first coming on the scene, I had a lot more respect for him as a producer. Like I was a huge fan of uh, kick Cuddy and when he was, uh, the man on the moon, uh, and Kanye was producing that. And then when I was trying to get into Kanye's music, I was like, well, this really just isn't the same for me. Uh, and I was like, well, maybe I just like him as a producer. And then when I really started sitting down with his music, I got to, and I was like, okay, you just got to get used to Kanye. Yeah. Yeah. And his styles also changed like crazy too. Like, like his, his new, um, his new stuff is way different than, uh, I mean, what was his Chris, Christian gospel music? I don't even really count that. But anyway, uh, the one before that was, uh, was it The Life of Pablo? That was great, crazy different to Donda. And then same thing before Life of Pablo and uh, his Yeezus album. Like, just the progression of him as an artist, producer is just it's fun to watch. It is. And I am here for it. Like I say, he's definitely one of my favorite followers on uh, on Instagram. And it's always funny with him, like, snapshotting his uh, conversations. All the of, text conversations. <laughs> between, between him and Kim. And she's like, will you please stop? And no. Yet. <laughs> I was like, the man wants his family back. <laughs> yeah. I'm all, I'm team Kanye. A lot of people don't like him, but I think, you know, I'm a fan, so. I am too, and it's same thing. Like, him, streetwear, and all that stuff. He's he's such a such a cultural influence, just for 
mm-hmm. I don't know, so many different things between, you know, I mean, he got Virgil Abloh, kind of him up up there, and he was the creative director, I think, men's fashion for Louis Vuitton. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, he just big, big influence in a lot of places. Yeah, I think it goes, like, just back to you with the, the Patriots. It's like, I'm a huge fan of the Patriots. It was because of Tom Brady, and now uh, they got my boy uh, – from Bama playing over McCorkle. <laughs> That's right. And so I'm still going to pull for the Patriots. But like while Brady was down in the Buccaneers, I was like, those were my two teams was the Buccaneers and the Pats. It's uh, number one is like, I love Brady. And now they got old Mac. So I'm going to be there with them. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. I'm wearing a the Tom Brady <laughs> shirt. And it nice. says, uh, what does it say on the bottom? Oh, allow me to reintroduce myself. Because um, um, he comes out to that Jay Z song, or he did when he was on the Patriots. And it was just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm going, and I hate he's retiring because this this whole NFL playoff system, like in my opinion, the best two teams did not arrive there. I think the overtime rules they might want to look at adjusting that because mm-hmm. I think the best teams got robbed. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah they definitely need to change that because like that uh, that Bills and Kansas City Chiefs game was just so electric and so offensive dominant and it's fun to watch. Like who didn't, who wouldn't want to watch another, what, 10, 15 minutes of that game. Mm-hmm. And then for it to end on one drive, then it's like, I don't know. I get both sides of it. I just, it's, it's for the competition wise, I get, you know, well, you got to stop them if you want to win. Right. That's um, it. But I don't know, but, but for viewers and stuff like that are fun to watch. Like, yeah, you want to see the other team be able to get a shot. Yeah. Well, man, what about it in uh, just the latest going on in like college basketball? We had some, uh, we had some, a little bit of emotions running hot after uh, Wisconsin and uh, let's see Michigan with the Michigan head coach. Uh, and oh, yeah. I, he got a little he got a little upset over the timeout call, which Wisconsin won the game. I'm blanking on his name at the mo- at the moment. Judah, the Michigan head coach. Yeah, Jawan Howard. That's it. That's it. So uh, I just saw on ESPN before I left the house was he is suspended for the rest of the season. Yeah, whole season. That's fucked. That, that's crazy. To me, at least. I don't know. <laughs> I want to see what happens to the other guy. Yeah, if anything, because that was the assistant coach for that team. Yeah. It, it's kind of weird for those two to be kind of having a bit of a beef there at the end. It's like, take the L, shake hands, say good game, and let's get out of here. Let's get back to Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think, from what I've seen on like ESPN this morning, I think um, he didn't want to do a handshake or something like that, and he just wanted to say, like, dude, why are you calling a timeout? And then I, I don't know. I see, like, this is such a both side, or, you know, I'm on both sides of it. Like, mm-hmm. the coach was like, I don't know if he knows the rules, and I just wanted to explain, you know, our guys can advance the ball to half court so we don't have to get pressured or whatever. Um, and then again, he was like, don't, you know, don't touch me. Don't put my hands on me. And then I don't know if the um, assistant coach kind of intervened and, like, may have pushed him or whatever. And then, you know, he came over the top with his – Massive hands. I must have felt like a goddamn tennis racket getting hit in the head with because, you know, Juwan Howard's a large dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 like, from all the videos and different angles I've seen, it didn't look like a good hand. It didn't look like good contact. It looked like he was just kind of grabbing him, kind of. Grabbing like at a, him, yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad it wasn't more escalated than that. The whole thing was ridiculous. And while I'm thinking about college basketball, was Auburn has really been on fire. They took an L this weekend to Florida. And so the L before that was with Arkansas, and it was like, well, okay, so the thought of you winning regular season SEC, is that going out the window? Uh, what are your thoughts on college basketball? I think we always have to look at those Villanovas and those small schools that people don't think about when it comes to yeah. 
football or whatever. Yeah, I think, well, obviously they have like the blue chip teams like UCLA, uh, Duke, Kansas, North Carolina. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't, I personally, I don't really follow college basketball until like maybe a week or two before, um, before March Madness. Yeah. Um, and just like see what teams really, you know, going at the right time. Um, just cause this, this time of year, it's kind of like ho- uh, hockey, basketball. Uh, those are the ones that I like. Um, but growing up, yeah, I, I didn't really watch too much college basketball up until, uh, March Madness. And that's also another very, very, very fun thing to bet on. <laughs> so many yes, games. Yes, it is. Uh, and just transitioning over to NBA was, uh, this is when I really start paying attention to NBA is after the all-star break. But we yep. had uh, Michael Jordan just being an absolute clown over the weekend. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you yeah, caught some nice. of those snapshots, but, man, it, it was good to see uh, MJ just joking around and being MJ. <laughs> yeah, that one of the, the first memes that, that I met that I seen, well, he obviously owns his own race team, so he was at the Daytona 500 this weekend. Um, yeah. And then before the All-Star game even started, there was a bunch of pictures going around of the guys playing cards and you know, money, a bunch of money on the table in the locker room. And uh, a bunch of memes were like, <laughs> Michael Jordan's seen the picture and, you know, had to hop on the private jet to get to uh, Cleveland for the All-Star game. But yeah, he, he he took over the internet. I think he's such a, there was a good tweet. It was like, you know, he's a, he's a god amongst men, literally, like in so many, so many ways. Like he's just, he's an alpha. He's the definition of an alpha. So if any time he does something, then... The internet's gonna take it and fucking run with it, and I love it. I'm here for I'm here for all of it. I mean, that's just it. Is like just looking at it. okay, he was a uh, uh, basketball player, great at the Bulls, come back, played with the Magic. He went and played MLB baseball for a time. He played, he messed around with golf. I don't think it was ever on the professional level. Mm-hmm. And now he's into NASCAR. He's got his own racing team. I mean, the guy's just got a little bit of something to do with everything. It seems like. Yeah, I think it's the competition too. Um, like I have a, I have a shirt, um, uh, it says, I don't have a gambling problem. I have a competition problem because <laughs> he, he, that was one of his quotes from the, uh, from the last dance documentary. Um, I which, took it personally. Yeah, I took it personally. Oh, that, that was another like great time to be on Twitter. Like every time they aired one of those episodes, like just refreshing the feed just to, uh, it was, that was a glorious time. Yeah, I think it, it definitely is like a t- competition thing in him that just, you know, he he obviously has his hobbies, golf being one of them. Um, and obviously he mentioned like, you know, growing up, his dad took him to the uh, what's the Charlotte Raceway, I think. Um, that so would, that's yeah, obviously that would... a passion of his. And obviously, you know, he's a fucking gazillionaire. So why not like, you know, get that that uh, that buzz and want to compete and that's still something to the day. Like Daytona was uh, yesterday on television, and I was hanging out with my dad, and he was like, "There's 16 laps left. You don't want to watch the rest of this race." And I said, "I do not." And <laughs> and I, I walked on back to the the bedroom I got, and uh, I just heard him as I was going down the hall. He was like, "Well, that's just un-American. That that is just the most un-American thing. I mean, there's no way that you don't want to watch the rest of this. It's, what's going on?" And I think about just how important NASCAR is to that age group, right? Mm-hmm. It definitely means a whole lot more, and it was it was probably about five seasons ago. I had a first opportunity to go to Talladega, and if you've never been to a NASCAR race, yeah, I, no, I haven't. I highly recommend just go. Not even if you're not a fan, even if you couldn't name one driver, it doesn't matter. Uh, the energy, uh, the fans, uh, it's 
it's an experience. It's 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 definitely worth doing. Yeah, Talladega is a bucket list with it only being what is it like five hours away from us? That's right. Yeah, um, it's just outside of Birmingham. Yeah, so that that's definitely a bucket list thing. Um, I've never been um, to any kind of race. I know some of my family members go to like a drag strip in New Hampshire, um, like the New Hampshire Motor Speedway or whatever, um, just to see those cars launch. Uh, but I, n- I never went. Um, closest thing I've seen to anything like that was like a monster truck show when I was like nine. But I, I think I, I the same thing. Like I won't. I'm not going to sit there for nine hours and watch the Daytona 500 or the Talladega. Like, that's not me. Like, I'll watch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's, I'm not, I'm not super into it or like appreciate, appreciate it as much as like the the diehards do. Um, But, you know, a lot of people joke like, oh, people only watch it for the crashes. And it's like, yeah, kind of, like, unfortunately, that's kind of the way it is. Or like, um, if I do catch it and like the, like the, the commentators will say like, Oh, look how he like drafted behind this guy and it cut out and it cut in or whatever. Um, like that I'll appreciate. Cause it's like, Holy shit. Like they were less than two inches away from each other and they're going 200 miles an hour. So yeah, that you, stuff's you, cool to see. You lose sight of that too. Cause when we were, uh, I used to work at, uh, the salvage yard in mobile and like we were eBay, like top seller. And so like eBay gave us uh two inside track, like they were sponsoring Talladega. And so mm-hmm. we were, we were inside the track at the eBay booth. And we got to go like walk pit lane and like meet the people in pit lane and just it was it was an all around great experience. And we were just sitting right outside turn one and it was like blurs. <laughs> and I was like, I never realized it was this ridiculous. Like I see on TV they're going 198, 202 miles an hour, but I was wow, man. And you're doing that for hours at a time, like the mental concentration and like just being aware is like one little screw up right yeah i think well now they're all the technology so crazy but i briefly saw yesterday that it was like same thing they were going 200 miles an hour but they have a heart rate monitor and it was like i don't know 65 or 70 beats per minute and i was like this guy is that relaxed fucking going cool that as fast? A cucumber. oh my god uh, unbelievable i was like holy shit no way I don't know if he still does, but have you uh, ever gone to see it up to, I think it's up in Loxley, that dirt track they have up there? No, I haven't. Did you ever meet Elijah? No. Okay, so he and Elijah used to go up there. One weekend I came down to Foley, we went out there to check it out. Dirt track's a lot of fun, and you definitely watch that for the wrecks. But, uh, you know, they're Is that where like, they have the cars that go sideways around the track? The one oh, that... Yeah. Uh, What's his name? What's his name? Killed a guy on one of those a few years ago. You remember that? Oh, what was a story? No. Um, what's his def- name? The big NASCAR. The big NASCAR race racer. I'm sorry. What's his name? Tony. Is think it's Tony, Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart. Yeah, I remember it was on ESPN. I it was do like remember that news. story. Uh huh. And he like he might have bumped someone, and the guy got mad, and he got out of his car. And he would like, they only showed the still pictures and, um, and he was like, you could see him pointing and stuff. And then they were like, yeah, he hit him and he, you know, ended up passing away. And I was like, holy shit. And I was like, Tony Stewart's still like racing like these little things. Like what? And now I see him in the booth, like, you know, back in, you know, the NASCAR world. So obviously yeah. he was, he still had an itch for something. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Well, man, like, uh, I've been leading the, uh, leading the, the car so far what uh what has been on your mind as far as that what's been happening this past week um 
what has it been? UFC just happened. It wasn't a pay-per-view event this last weekend. No pay-per-view event next weekend. Um, no fucking football, which sucks. Um, yeah, the, the All-Star game happened, so that was kind of interesting, uh, like sports-wise. Um, same thing music-wise. I think Kanye is supposed to drop his album on the... He said tomorrow. This was like a month ago. Um, but I think he has a live show coming up. He's doing it in Miami. Um so, like like he did before, and I, I don't think it's going to be streamed though. Um, nothing crazy, just you know, kind of keeping up with the new, the news and the uh, Ukraine stuff. Obviously, um, other than that, just you know, looking forward into the spring sports, or hopefully baseball would be back. But who the fuck knows? So you're you're a hockey fan, and just with the Winter Olympics going on, and like this is my perspective as just someone who is trying to get into hockey. I'm hoping to go to my first hockey game maybe this season. Mm-hmm. Is uh, this is me outside looking in? We don't have hockey at the Winter Olympics because the NHL said no. We already missed uh, some money because of COVID, and we're not going to miss two, three weeks of games and us trying to make things up. Mm-hmm. We're sending sending our guys over there who could potentially be hurt. You're going to have to pay for this. Yeah, yeah, I see. I get it. Like as a business point. On their end, um, I know all the all the the players are wicked pissed off. Like I know Brad Marchand was very outspoken against it. He was like, obviously, yeah, all of us want to play for our country. Um, and then again, it's like a, you know, like the gold medal game I watched. Uh, who was it? It was like Russia versus uh, Finland, I think. Um, and, but you know, it's it's hockey, but it's not like NHL hockey. So there's obviously like a skill gap, um, you know, between watching like AHL players or, you know former NHL players that have been out of the league for, I don't know, five years, maybe. Um, so yeah. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, there's a little bit of a skill gap, uh, but I would have I would have appreciated the NHL players playing. It is I'm sure a bunch guy, of other people would have too. The guy that you name dropped was what made me so, so heart, you know, just heartfelt, just sad for the guy because it's like you got to wait another four years, and who's to say you'll be able to represent your country then? And right now exactly. you're in your, you're in your prime right now. Yeah, 
Yeah, so, yeah, so like a lot of the players, like Ovechkin, like he's the one of the biggest names in hockey, and he's getting up there in age. So is he going to be able to last another four years? I mean, I'm sure he would, but like, is he, he's not going to be prime Ovi. So uh, same thing like Sidney Crosby, just you know these older guys uh, that are the bigger names um, for people who like don't follow hockey as much. But like, there's a lot of young talent like Connor McDavid, stuff like that. Um, that'll you know light it up on the Olympic stage. I'm a, I'll, I'll put money on it. Um, but yeah, it's it's better to watch it with better uh, better competition, I would say. Right NHL on. NHL guys in there. I just wanted to uh, ask you this, just for folks, you know, maybe going back to your podcast for a second, or just to get to know you a little bit better. It's like growing up. Like, what sports were you into? Uh, just out of um, high school. Uh, in high school, um, I played football and baseball up until I think my sophomore or my junior year. In junior year, I only played baseball. Um, but growing up, I played all sports. I played, uh, besides hockey, I didn't play hockey. I played basketball. Um, I played lacrosse for like two years and really, I don't know, it wasn't my, my niche. Um, that was in like middle school. Uh, I wrestled up until like fifth grade. Uh, that's something I probably should have stuck with. Um, but yeah, but I played ba- like all year round. I was busy playing sports. Uh, shout out to my mom and dad for fucking making that happen. And, um, but baseball in the summer, going right into the fall, playing football. After football, it would be basketball. And then, you know, rinse, repeat. That was it. And then, you know, a few years here and there, I would play. Uh, or I wrestled up until, like, yeah, I think fourth or fifth grade. Uh, and then after that, I played basketball. Yeah, just imagine if you stuck with that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm telling you, and just from a cultural standpoint, is I'm thankful. Uh, my parents allowed me to play uh, football one season. They wouldn't let me or my brother play football. It was just too much for them. Uh, mm. They were very pro baseball, and that was pretty much the gist that uh, you had in our little small town. You had basketball when you hit uh, middle school, high school. But other than that, you just had three. You didn't have these other options like soccer. What's that? No, we don't yeah. do that. <laughs> right. So, and just looking at it now is I'm glad that we had coaches when I was five, six, seven, eight years old. And, you know, one of them would be my dad. But mm-hmm. if you didn't hustle out to your position, you were yelled out. If you didn't hustle back to the dugout, you were yelled out. And it wasn't about, uh, you're lazy, but yes, it is. It's that's work ethic. It's like if you're not willing to run like to your position and run back to the dugout and be where you're supposed to be. It's like this is what is being instilled uh, to this generation. It's like work hard. Uh, you're part of a team. You want to you want to look the part. You want to play the part. Uh, you want to give it your all. And I think maybe just with the uh, the cultural shift that i'm seeing is like a lot of people are kind of disappointed with the generation that's coming up now it's like i think they need to have a little bit more time and i don't think they had it as hard right Uh, it it seems a lot different to me yeah i know um i'm kind of like on that fine line in between like generations i guess um but just having like older older uh like cousins stuff like that and older siblings i was kind of brought up on the you know the earlier generation, I guess, or the older generation. I don't know. Um, but I just remember in high school, like one thing, um, I think I was a junior, um, but yeah, uh, playing baseball. So like, obviously you take bat and practice. Um, so our setup, like obviously, you know, take bat and practice, not at home plate, like back against the cage, uh, or the backstop. Um, and we had, a, you know, the, obviously the pitching net. So the coach would throw over that and then back, like in front of second base, we had a big square screen, um, 
and then a, a bucket right behind it. And then usually someone would just shag, shag the balls. So like, you know, we're all fielding the balls, whatever, at a normal position, kind of like just getting reps in really. Um, and we would kind of just toss it or not throw it to them, but, you know, throw it at their feet, you know, let it bounce and roll to them. So there'd just be a, you know, huge gathering of baseballs. Um, and I remember one day, um, yeah, it was my junior year and no one wanted to do it. And, um, you know, so in high school, what is it? It's usually the underclassmen. It's like, oh, sophomore. And I think, I think that year we had a, I don't know if we had a freshman on our team, but anyway, I, you know, told one of the sophomores like, oh, hey, you know, uh, I, I don't think I said it initially. One of the captains did like a senior. He was like, all right, who's going to get one of the, get one of the balls. And like, no one spoke up and he was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. Um, and I was like, okay. So then after that, I remember after that, in that practice, um, I gathered all the uh, underclassmen, basically juniors all the way down to sophomores or fresh. I think, I don't know if we had a freshman on our team or not. Anyway, I was like, these guys put in the time and effort for four years. They're out the door. They're focusing on college. And, you know, this is probably one of the last things they want to be focusing on or worrying about or, you know, dealing with stupid shit. So, you know, suck it up. You're going to be there one day and you're going to want to do that stupid shit. No, you're not. So do it. Um, and yeah, it was just like, that was like one of my first things was like, dude, what the fuck? And then same thing, people like talking back. I think I was a senior and someone talked back and I was like, dude, if I was a freshman or sophomore talking back to a senior player like that, I would have got my ass kicked. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know. It's just a different mentality. Like you said. Yeah. I don't know what to call it. And I was like, let's give them a little, a little time to see how it develops. But I remember this just about work ethic is it was my last season, uh, playing baseball. It was my 10th grade year. And I remember this is our regular practice right before our regular season kicks off. We had uh, the Cardinals and I think the Devil Rays came and they were scouting one of our seniors, J.J. Mm -hmm. Basil. He went on to play at uh, University of Alabama for a season. He was a great catcher. He was a good pitcher and a hell of a hitter. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching him like those practices because it was kind of a role model thing. And I began to see how much work he was willing to put into this. So seventh period, he was uh, down at the workout. And he was either running or doing some kind of cal calisthenics to get ready for practice. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, at the end of practice, you're going to run flag pose or whatever else practice. You're going you're gonna to get dog-ass tired. Mm -hmm. And I would notice as I was walking to my truck leaving, he was going down to the football field and he was about to run some more. And I remember yeah, having, a, I remember having a conversation uh, with a, a fellow classmate about. I think this is my last season playing baseball. Uh, I don't think I'm going to fool it anymore. And they was like, "Why, man? Why? What about what about us? That'll be our year. That'll be that's going to be our season. Like, why are you giving up on that?" And I was like, "I just saw what it meant to be great, and I don't love baseball that much anymore." And I, yeah, it would it would be a waste of time, man. For me, I'm not going to give that much time to that, right? Because I, what's the point of it being like? And this is the way I looked at it, which was kind of horrible. This would have been better if I had like more team spirit, I guess. School spirit was, if I'm not going to get a college ride doing this, why am I going to waste my time? Right. If I if I'm just middle of the road. Right. Yeah, if you don't love it as much. Yeah, they uh, I think a lot of like just watching um, just like different like short little documentaries on just like athletes and stuff like that who obviously make it big or enough to make it in like, you know, the league or 
professionally, basically play on a professional level. Like their, like their parents, like just pushed them so hard. Mm-hmm. Like usually, like that. It's like that's one of the factors, or um, like the Jones brothers. So you got Chandler Jones, John Jones, and uh, Arthur Jones. Like three brothers that grew up in a household of just alpha males. Like that's just one family. Obviously, you got the Watt brothers. You got a. Uh, uh, the Bosa's, like, it's just, like, families like that where they just all what drive to What about those Diaz brothers? What about the Bulldogs? Oh, yeah, then Nate, yeah. <laughs> Nate and Nick Diaz, yeah, like, same thing like that. Like, obviously, uh, Nick got Nate into, you know, jiu-jitsu, boxing, all that stuff. So that's another big thing. But, yeah, I think a lot of it's, like, um, uh, driven from their parent, like, super into, like, super, super uh, motivated. I think it's, like, a parent side. Um but obviously, like the parent isn't going to be that motivated. I think if the skill level isn't there, I don't know. There's a lot that factor into it. Like, um, I think if parents or if a kid's really skilled, then a lot of parents would be like, "Dude, he's really fucking good, and he should like, you know, obviously he's better than all these kids." Then maybe you should think about either like going like for us, it'd be like, uh, what was it? Uh, fuck, what's that league? It's not USAA. It's a uh, I can't remember it, but there's like, like a, tra- a league. It's like, like a- travel ball. Yeah, like a travel, travel ball, ball, but like you pay a lot of money to fucking play. So like oh, yeah. anybody who plays it is super serious. I forget what the name of it is. Shows you that I fucking didn't play. <laughs> it, I mean, but, um, it, but just to that, that's networking and that is surrounding yourself with people like minded. Like these are parents who are like minded. They're sharing how they're staying in the game with this. And these are kids who are all at the top of their grade. Like we're paying two, three grand for this season. And that kid yep. is playing his heart out. And he's not only is he playing with the best in the area, he's playing the best from other areas. Right. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it, especially like uh, competition, like competition. So it's such such a good thing. We're like, oh, I want to do better than you. Same, like th- that goes back to Michael Jordan. Um, you just, you know, the the, uh, the last dance documentary, what was he like something in practice? Like he would always be the first person to finish in like doing suicide drills or um, you just, you know. It's just that uh, mm-hmm. that drive and that motivation to be so competitive just puts people so far ahead. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Just to put it to a, a music side of it, just for a second, is I have a friend, uh, and this is going to be his year. He's about to break out. And just people getting familiar with him is like, wow, he just sounds phenomenal on guitar. and his, He can sing. He's just a phenomenal singer. I haven't known him that long. I've probably known him for two years now. And just getting to know a little bit about his work ethic is like, you don't understand how many hours he put in to be at that place. It's like while you were out, you know, uh, hanging out with your friends or doing this or doing that, he was sitting at home putting in the time. And right. that's a, and that's another thing that we don't think about is like everyone wants to say is like he was just gifted. That may be the case, but he also put the end of time. Yeah. With any I of think a lot freaks, of like Joe Burrow is a freak. I believe he put in the time, you know. Yeah. Or even uh you see a lot of that happen. Um, at least I noticed with with uh with football, like just people who are busts, like the first one that comes to mind is Jamarcus Russell, like drafted by the Oakland Raiders. Um yeah. even like everybody in the who did he play for? What college did you play for? Did you play for LSU? That was LSU. Yeah. That, okay. That so was, um, uh, the last quarterback to beat uh, Alabama since Joe Burrow, if I wasn't mistaken. No shit. Okay. So he. Uh, excuse me. Um, 
everyone in the organization, like in the LSU locker room, was like, he doesn't take this shit serious. Like, he doesn't love the game. Like, they could just tell. Like, I've, like they're not going to lie to these, you know, NFL teams who, um, or they're not going to vouch for him. Uh, you know, if he doesn't put in the time and effort or work or study film and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, he got drafted. I think, uh, obviously cause he had that one, like he was a, uh, what was it? A party trick. Like he could throw the ball 60 yards, like on his knees, That's he right. had a huge arm, um, got drafted, made huge money, obviously being like a first round draft pick. Um, and like, obviously there's a story. He, uh, he was given blank films by the coaches to see if he was studying tape and uh, yeah, I watched it. Next, like blank. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I watched it. It was like zero blitz or like cover two or something stupid. And they're like, no dude, <laughs> fucking blank. <laughs> so it wasn't nothing like, on yeah, the film. Just, yeah. It was nothing. It was a blank disc or a blank, you know, tape back then. And that was so, one yeah, of my think- favorite tapes from Tom Brady uh, this year when they had him mic'd up uh, Tampa Bay. He had uh, Leonard Fournette as his running back, right? Yep. And as he was dropping back, whether it be play action, and most of the time it was because Fournette would be hanging back to block or he would be going out for a short route, right? Mm-hmm. Brady, as he was dropping back, would call the coverage to him. But, I mean, like, now, granted, Brady has, like, been in the game forever, and he knows those coverages. But also, I trust Brady to, like, be the GOAT, if you will, is, mm-hmm. look, I have eight, yeah, Okay, I see what they're doing out there. If I move this or see, okay, yep, they're exposed. This is what's going on. Drop back, cover two, you're good. Just drop it off to the side. Yeah, I think um, it gets overlooked a lot, that aspect of his game. But I know something that came out this year. Um, Patrick Mahomes obviously didn't have like a as good of a year as people a lot of people think he should have. Um, but it came out that he, I think just last season, not this you know, this last season, but the season before it, he just started learning how to read defenses. So I was like, dude, like, what? Like, you just started learning? What the fuck? So that, I think that um, he's so gifted and so, like you said, so gifted and so fucking talented. Like, basically, half the time, it's like, you know, backyard football. Like, he would roll out or just hit someone that's fucking wide open. Um, but obviously, good for him. He got a, you know, $500 billion fucking contract. Something stupid. Um but hopefully he can progress and learn how to read defenses or, you know, take a tip or two from Brady. But he's just so, like, on another echelon of just elite God, alien-type shit. He really is. And and just to, like, side-by-side side somebody, and I want to hop right back because there's been a lot funny going on with Mr. Mahomes and his fiance. But Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let, let's think about, like, Colin Kaepernick just for a second, not on the controversial side, but leading the 49ers to a Super Bowl. And then in the following season, just tanking. And we've seen this time and time again with, like, newer quarterbacks as they step up. Is you're kind of a one-trick pony. Yeah. And, like, when Mahomes led the Chiefs to get that Super Bowl, that was my thought was, will he ever be able to do it again? Or has everybody got film on him finally to where it won't happen anymore? And you kind of see that with some of these rookie or second- or third-year starter quarterbacks when they kind of have their breakout season. Yeah. And then everybody has enough film, and it's like, not anymore, bub. Yeah, everyone catches up very quick, and you just got to keep, you know, adapting. I think me, me and my dad talked about that today. Like, um, just like Larry Bird taking a thousand free throws a day, um, like that that type of practice, or just you know studying film and just overcoming or just progressing your career. Like a lot of them, like 
who was it? Joe Flacco was supposed to be elite. Like there's that funny Dave Portnoy video and he's like, Flacco! <laughs> it's just it's just a crazy, you know. Like I think he threw a pick or whatever, but it's just one of those yeah. viral videos. But he was supposed to be elite. And then look look what happened to him after he what did he win? One Super Bowl? Yeah, he won one Super Bowl. Look yep. what happened to him after that. It's just, you know, it's the nature of the beast. That's just it. So just to go back to Mahomes for a second was uh Texas Tech. He's uh, sitting side court with his fiance and brother, right? Yep. And uh, they go on camera, which, by the way, in my opinion, they were on camera for far too long. Yes. Uh, and it was that was kind of strange in itself. But then number two is his fiance, and like to my understanding, they're high school s- sweethearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. And so they've probably been putting up with each other and like joking on each other for all time, but. It didn't look good if you if you had no idea like of their history. It's like I'd probably break up with her. Does he need an intervention? Yeah, no shit. Yeah, she's the she's the epitome of the internet. She's like, why is everyone so against me? It's like, don't fucking just don't be an idiot. Yeah, but she, that that vir- that picture that went around. It was, she was like, oh, you she was talking that to someone. Meme. Oh, <laughs> oh my, the shining meme. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, I about she, lost um, it. Oops, sorry. Oh, there they are. Hold on one sec. I'm a, yeah, I'm going to let them out real, real quick. All right. Come on. You want to go outside? Come on, Mook. Good boy. Um, but, yeah, they're sitting courtside at the Texas A&M game, and um, you could read her lips perfect, clear as day, and she was like, Patrick told me not to do my resting bitch face, and then she did that little thing. Uh-huh. It, mm-hmm. Like, just instant, like. You know, we got her. Like it's just. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. There it is. Yeah, her and her and uh, Patrick's brother are just like the epitome of the internet. Just so bad. I don't know. It's just so cringy. Him like uh, his Patrick's brother dancing on the fucking um, Sean Taylor like paint it like you know it's literally roped off uh, for his like retirement or you know Jersey retirement or uh, and he's fucking doing a TikTok on it like dude what the fuck. Show a little yeah. class. And that was like the epitome of like Barstool and a lot of the more satirical, which I, I take Barstool somewhat serious, but with more satirical people who cover sports was like RIP to the TikToks on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, dude, th- this is the best possible thing for Patrick. And I think it's a great thing for him to find if he's being serious about his career. Yeah. I was like, look, y'all need to either a don't come no more. Or quit being idiots, which it, you're not capable of. Yeah, put the fucking phone down. Like it's so easy, so mm-hmm. easy just to not, you know, not film yourself. Or even, um, what was it after their first uh, playoff win? Uh, his fiance was spraying the champagne all over people, like in the like they were in a box, obviously, but it's you know, so it's open a little bit. And she was spraying the champagne out, out the window uh, onto fans. It's like, first of all, this is your, this is the first playoff win in the playoffs, so like it's really you know. You should you should have won. You should have won. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah. And um, she did that. And it's like, come on, act like you've been there. <laughs> yeah. Even Sucks. if you had. <laughs> yeah. No act, shit. Like just, just just to act like it. Yeah. Just a touch of humility. Well, man. Uh, anything else to do? Uh, as we walk it out the door, I got three more questions for you. Um. Not really. No. No. That's uh. That's kind of it. Yeah. The Olympics wind down. At least like in the sports world. So now like. You know, bat and uh, All Star Weekend, All Star Weekend happened a bit basketball, so that's gonna be interesting to follow. So it's kind of a lull period in sports. Um, just trying to catch up or 
watch get into new shows and stuff. This is kind of the down period, so it's time to watch some good TV shows. Nothing else. There you go. So question number three is, uh, and I'll count them down, is uh, why did you get in the military? Why did I join the military? Um, so when I was a senior in high school, my parents said that uh, I either got to get a full-time job and help pay rent. Um, and college wasn't an option just because I didn't, um, I had no idea how it worked. Um, and I kind of kept it in the back of my mind, like, oh, I'll just join the military. I'll just join the military. I'll join the Navy, join the Marines, whatever. Um, and, you know, that kind of fall, it kind of bit me in the ass. Cause like, even now, like just, I didn't learn how, you know, paying for college worked till like two years ago. And I've been out of high school now for almost 10 years. Um, so not, you know, just not talking to, you know, guidance counselors in high school really kind of fucked me. Um, cause you know, in retrospect, yeah, I think I made the right decision, but yeah, that was basically it. They were like, you got to get a full-time job, help pay rent or join the military. And, you know, I just went with rope B, joined the Navy. There you go. Uh, question number two was what was your favorite part about this interview? Favorite part about this interview? Um, I think just being on the same, like culturally wise, like um, I know we have like a big, huge different taste in music. Um, like I'm super into hip hop, mm -hmm. uh, rap. Um, but we come basically like the internet could pull us together, like, and just share, um, you know, like be on the same level on like so many topics, like, Oh my God, like this meme, like you see that. And then it's like, yeah, you kind of go down the list and like, you can relate on so many things just because the internet's so big and so many eyes are on it. Um, so it's just like, you know, interests, you know, other interests, uh, can hit, uh, for people who like, you know, might not have the same interests that are like number one or two on the list. That's, yeah, that is just it. It's the power of a meme. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it truly is. Last question is for those listening or watching is if they want to follow you uh, or what you have going on with the Cornerman mm -hmm. MMA is where can they find it and where can they find you? Um, they can find me on Twitter. Um, it's at Jared Kenny. Nothing fancy. Um, that I, I usually do a lot of my tweets on that. What was that? What's that spelling? Just for those, out there. there's a lot of ways to spell Jared. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, it's J. I'll do it uh, phonetic. So it's Juliet Alpha Romeo Echo Delta Kilo Echo November November Echo Yankee at Jared Kenny. Um, I, that's where I do a lot of my tweeting. Um, and then for obviously, if you if you go to my page, you'll see on my on my header, uh, I tagged the cornerman, so you can find the cornerman there. Um, I haven't done a lot of tweeting with that recently, but I'm going to uh, start recording and push those podcasts out. Yeah, my main ones. Um, same thing on Instagram. I'm at Jared Kenny, same same spelling. Um, and I kind of want to do that too. Like uh, if I get listeners and stuff like that, uh, be very interactive with fans and different takes and whatever. I like that because, um, you know, you can have your take, but if you listen to other people and like have their output on it, it's like, okay. Yeah, you know what? I see that. Just I don't know. I like collabing like that or getting input. Well, it was it was uh, you know the day that we met and we hung out. We went out to I think the Iowa and uh, yep. we we rode the the moonshine uh, uh, train and all this yep. and that from Fourth of July. And but the whole time, like we were talking about cultural issues. It's like I mean I I knew you had a good head on your shoulder because you weren't willing to talk about something unless you knew both sides. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that I have a lot of respect about it. And you've said it throughout the conversation tonight. It's like, well, looking at it at both sides, this is kind of where I'm gathering. Because uh, yeah. it's it's one thing to take just a really hard stance, even if you're a fan of one person, and just to hop on that bandwagon. It's like, well, they might not be right. Okay, it's like right. you know, I'm a I'm a fan of Israel Adesanya. Uh, there's a lot of times where I think he's funny and he's trolling, and then there's a lot of times where I'm like, that's a bit much, bub. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but whatever. Uh, well, dude, uh, really thank you for coming on the show. Would love to uh, have you on the show uh, more frequently. Uh, if this is good with you, I hope you enjoyed this format. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I like. It's just uh, kind of like fly the by the seam of your pants. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think uh, especially if we talk about kind of you know what's going on like in the world. I don't know how how you do other how you do other podcasts, but I'm I'm addicted to this thing. So I'm on Twitter. Literally, if I'm not at work, I've, I can't bring my phone into work. But if I'm not at work, I'm on that fucking thing. It's pretty. It's really bad, but it's you know gets me through the day. Makes me laugh. So <laughs> yeah, that's just it. Well, Bubba, we'll go ahead and sign out. Jared, thank you once again. Absolutely appreciate it, Alan. Talk to you later.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.